Should yep. be. You're on. Okay. Do 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 do. Welcome back, everyone. This is Matt Pandola with Relative Run Readiness, along with Mr. Chad Sweet. It's been a little while. We have been really busy just traveling, getting a lot of the Podium Project athletes ready for the Olympics, as well as working with some of the junior elites. And something that I really am passionate about, love doing what I'm doing, but time management is not my strong point. This is something that I'm really working hard at, but we're excited to start up these episodes again, getting you the information you need. And a lot of the experiences we've had, especially recently, so excited to be able to transfer that so it's relatable to you guys and it can help you guys out. So we'll talk about that a lot more. We'll give out that information that we feel like you are ready to hear, to listen to, and that can help you. But I guess we should catch you up a little bit about what we've been doing and just kind of check in with what we're doing next. So, Chad, I guess this is our little banter time, right? Yeah. Um, what did we do? We uh, we went to the Junior Elite Select Camp. Is that what it's called? Select Junior Elite Camp? Yep, yep. Elite Select Junior Camp. Uh, it's one of those combos. That's up in Park Park City. Park and, City, Utah. Yep. Olympic great. Training Center. That was fun, huh? Yeah, it was a great camp there. We had a lot of really up-and-coming uh, junior elites, obviously, that are very talented, very dedicated to their sports, but they're sponges, right? So at that, that point... It's so exciting because the things that you can teach these junior elites, you know that it will really have a big effect on them or it can. And so getting sometimes that new information out to them that they we can educate them on and we can really help them with. But th- those ages, I love that because... We haven't now gone, say, 10 years of doing things with without having some of the proper prehab in there or some of the proper even movement improvement drills that we like to work on. And so th- we can have a bigger change in a shorter amount of time. And uh, we've already gotten some great feedback on how these things are helping them. So excited about that. And of course, always excited to just work with any athlete, but these are athletes that I've always kind of had in my life over the years, being able to work with um, the youth has always been a passion of mine too, because I feel like you really can make some big changes there. Yeah, that's for sure. The other thing I really enjoyed about the camp was working with the coaches there. Uh, You know, uh, a lot of coaches from across the country were there, some top coaches from different triathlon clubs uh, and as well as the, uh, the folks over at Balanced Art Multisports, uh, BAM in Utah there. And, uh, I love seeing that collaboration between you and Bobby was there, Mr. McGee, and, uh, having the interaction with those other coaches and seeing what they're bringing to the table and how they're influencing these uh these elites and their path forward in triathlon and yeah that was pretty exciting yeah yeah me and bobby mcgee never gets old saying that but it was awesome to work with bobby um little 
quick story, but we were out on a field doing drills with the junior elites, and Bobby was instructing the skill drills. I looked over to the right, and there was a high school team doing skill drills, and they were doing knuckle draggers, which Bobby, he came up with that, geez, I don't know, 30 years ago probably, and now it's just a common thing that teams do. And I was thinking, how crazy is it that we are spending time right now with the coach that really formulated that drill, right? And so it was awesome to see these high school kids doing some of the skill drills that we were doing, but also knowing that the man himself was was with us instructing those drills. It, it just reminds me how fortunate we are to, to work with a guy like Bobby and uh, to have him working with our programs and at our fingertips. I mean, you just can't get better than that. You know, I would guess that probably uh, the folks listening to this podcast, especially if they're runners or have been runners or will be runners, they probably do a a lot of things that came from Bobby and they don't even know that, you know, let's say 30% of what they do to either improve their run or improve their skill set or, you know, warm up or cool down or anything like that probably came for Bobby. Yeah, and this is the way I think of it, guys, is that you have educators and you have influencers. And it doesn't mean that if you're more of an influencer, like you're, you, you, you have that sales pitch and you're really good at marketing, it doesn't mean that, that the product isn't, isn't good. It could be very good. Uh, but Bobby is more of an educator. So he's known amongst the elites as the best running coach, especially especially when you look at his 40-year career now. Um, I just I lose track of how many greats that he's worked with and how many Olympians that he's worked with. But th- that being said, it's just he spent most of his life becoming that educator and mastering that craft. And that was his main focus. So a lot of people don't know his name even when they're doing his drills, which is kind of funny and ironic. But um, but we know that Bobby has been behind a lot of these things that we just kind of take um, take his common knowledge now. And he was one of the forefathers of that type of education. So yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if uh, I don't know if anybody wants to check Mr. McGee out, he does have a great website, Bobby McGee. Dot com that's b o b b y m c g e dot com and and he's got a lot of information on there and lots of things you can check out so people should do that i think yeah yeah absolutely um okay so you know we should talk a little bit about the main topic of this podcast to me is why do runners need to strength train in the first place right why the heck yeah, because this this to me is the perfect way to, to start this out, talking about our conversations with some of the juniors. The first day that we were there, we did a track session, we did some hill repeats, and on the way back, we were giving some transport to a couple of the uh, junior elites that are, well, we call them junior elites, but they're now 23 years old, I believe, and their experience with the program so far has been very positive. In fact, uh, Annie Fuller, who I know she listens to this podcast, she had the perfect infomercial for us, I think, because she was doing her skill drills. She was doing the protocol that we've assigned her. 
and she was doing the strength movements that that's in her program under relative run readiness. But she also just had an incredible season. She came off in a, a really phenomenal track season where she was able to attain some new PRs. And she was originally dealing with a hamstring injury. And she was uh, saying, hey, you know, this, this, this protocol really works. And I'm 100% bought in. I don't believe that I would have been able to run this season had I not done this work. And that was the, you know, it was like a planned testimonial, but it wasn't, right? Yeah. Um, and some of the kids, I, she's so humble. She doesn't even, I think, realize that these kids are in such awe of her when they're watching her do these skill drills. And then she literally turns around and says, uh, hey, coach, and and all the, these wonderful things that she's been able to accomplish, we can never take credit for, but I am proud of the fact that she's bought in. So that that all being in, accounted for, we were just having the conversation about some of the boys, some of the junior elites that they were saying that they wanted to do more traditional strength movements right now. And we always go back to this Bobby's quote, there's no courage in defeated mechanics. So as we went through their running gait analysis and we were looking at the movements that we felt like they needed to work on specifically, we could see that they didn't have the mechanics yet in order to really benefit from doing some of the more traditional strength movements that they usually do. And so when I had them test that out and see how they looked when they were trying to do a single leg squat or a pull-up or something like that, we could see where those defeated mechanics were. And showing them some of these more sort of basic movement patterns that they really needed to establish first, you could see that light bulb starting to come on. I saw, so one of the examples you're talking about is is we got done with a, a little breakout session with a couple of the elite boys, and they there was an I-beam hanging out there where we were and they started to do some pull-ups and they were doing pull-ups with their uh with their uh, hands turned out and as they were pulling up they were their shoulders were internally rotating all that stuff and boy you know that that you know great you do pull up that's great you do so you got some strength do a couple of those things and then um speaking of light bulbs and making connections and then you say okay that's great but here's what it's doing for your running if you do your pull-ups that way. So instead, try them this way, and now this is how it's going to positively impact your running. So yeah, with, with that scenario, we're talking about being able to do more of a runner's pull-up. And that is still a progression that you should work up to. But we talk about the, the extensor cross reflex, that essentially means that I'm more concerned with what's going on with their left shoulder and their right hip in that movement and being able to really control that position. So again, the way that we progress to that, they're able to get proper external rotation in their shoulder and then be able to pull all the way through getting their elbow to drive back, back, back in that position where 
they're doing the traditional kind of pull up with momentum where they're internally rotating and they're usually use just using momentum to get up there and they're trying to pull their chin up over the the beam in this case as opposed to pulling their elbows back and getting that position with centigration through their shoulder matching up with their opposite hip so we actually do that in more of a spiral fashion with the runner's pull-up version and these are all things again that the light bulb kind of comes on but also quite honestly they i think get excited to see wow that that does make sense that is relative to what i need and i can't do it right now with proper form so okay now i get it i should start with these basics because with a lot of these conversations i go back to yes i strength train and yes i lift heavy and yes i do a lot of the movements that you're wanting to do right now and yes i think that you should be able to progress to those things but there is a progression and that's that's the main thing right with defeated mechanics it's just like with our running we would not go from running 20 miles a week to 80 miles a week and expect to just get better because we did that in fact we can probably expect injuries to to happen because we have just overwhelmed uh, our capacities and we haven't built up to that and it's really the same with strength training but it's just i think sometimes confusing because well i can do a pull-up right and well yeah i mean that is a version of pulling yourself up but they just have to see <laughs> that okay i have to i should be able to do a pull-up with these mechanics and not with compensation right so it's not how much you lift it's how you lift right and it's not really about how many reps you do but how you do the reps and so you know again that's a big part of the buildup. and i do think that across the board there's been a lot of influencing out there so that's where we've gotten away from the basics and we've a lot of times seen that these athletes being great athletes can go in and they can they can fake it till they make it sort of thing that's the that's the issue though is that you are making it up over the bar, but are you doing it in a way that it's going to serve your gait? Right. Right. Um, well, and I think, too, you know, these uh, uh, athletes coming up, they look at the pros and they see the pros do something. They think, oh, I want to do that. But they don't see what the pros had to do to get to be able to do that one movement that they're seeing on Snapchat or Instagram or whatever. Right. And, you know, just looking at your you only get one body and you only get one stack of joints that serves you really really well and always will if you can use those stack of joints properly right so when we talk about this pull-up scenario for example you know, we're supposed to be really working the mechanisms that can improve our gait but also when we do it properly now we're really recruiting a lot of our our base literally your your lats, for example, are going to brace your base, right? And they're going to really help to stabilize you. So are we using those lats effectively or are we 
using, let's say, more of our anterior delts to get over that bar. Or when you talk, talk about squats, you know, and do we see that the hip flexors might be involved or overly involved? Do we have impingement issues? Do we have a butt wink, we call it, where they're traveling down, 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 and then you can see that their butt is tucking in as they go down, right? So that's that butt wink scenario. Is that really going to serve us? And is that going to improve our gait? The, the answer to that is it really maybe initially some strength benefits we can, we can get, but long-term, I think that if we take this more slow roast approach and we and we're able to really own these positions with proper breathing proper mechanics then we can really establish that better foundation now you start to really see a lot of these capacities serving you in your gait. They translate to your gait, and you don't really have to think about it. In other words, a lot of times visceral came up in our conversations, right? It becomes more visceral in your gait. And by the way, we were just on Brody Sharp's podcast, or, or I was. Yeah, yeah, Run Smarter. Run Smarter, and definitely love everybody to, to listen to that. That came out just a, about a week ago or so. And uh, of course, Brody's a phenomenal uh, physiotherapist and he's out of Australia, but Brody and I talked quite a bit about how the running gait is affected with strength training and how that can become more visceral. So if you want to listen more about that concept, definitely listen in on Brody's podcast. We'll put that in the show notes as well. But I just want to kind of end with this. When we talk about our gait and when we talk about how we want things to be able to relate, I think that being able to do movements that are, yes, maybe a little bit more basic and, and being humble enough to say that these movements are going to serve me if I have the proper intention, right? Because th that was a big thing that we saw when I go to these camps, we're coming back a year later and we saw a young man that without remembering him, because quite honestly, I can't remember all of these athletes that we see in, in one camp. Right. But without remember, well, I remembered him, but maybe not his specifics, but we looked at his gate and you were there, Chad. Mm -hmm. I ended up giving him the same assignments a year later. And, and I said, have you ever done these before? And he said, well, yeah, you assigned it to me last year. And again, you were there, but you saw with 30 different athletes, we actually had a different analysis for all of them. And they had different movements. They all didn't get the same movements because we saw different issues. Yeah. And with him... Uh, I said, well, did you do it? And he, I said, be honest, you know, I, I really need to know this because if it didn't work for you, I need to understand why. And he said, yeah, no, I, I didn't do it. I said, okay, so we're maybe this time, later. maybe this time he'll get it. Right. Right. And I'm not slamming this kid. I think that he's, I mean, he's very dedicated. He's elite for a reason. These, these athletes we worked with are top 20 in the country, top top uh, 10 boys, top 10 girls, basically, or there was 30 kids. So basically yeah. about 15 uh, of, of each girls and boys, but they were the best of the best. But 
we know that that dedication is there, but why not just get more out of your capacities with some of these basics? And if they're done right and with good intention, they can make some real transferable results for you. But they have to be done. And and again, what I thought is, okay, here's a kid that definitely has been doing his strength training. You could tell he was strong but still has the same mechanical deficiencies as he had the year before. And if he had just done these movements, it will really help those muscles to fire together, wire together. And that is something that can become visceral um, versus um, another of the girls that we saw. We, we could not believe the difference in her gait. Um, we, we just, we almost didn't recognize the two and looking with her, she has been at a few camps now. So we were a little more familiar with her, but, uh, the results were just unbelievable. We just, we just were so happy for her. She was so much more visceral in her movements. Her gait was so much more economical and she's, the results were there. She's had a great year as well. But in general, I will say a lot of times um, girls have been easier for me to be able to kind of ego at the door and say, let's do these things. And sure, great. You know, I'll I'll do it. Um, Sometimes with boys and I guess myself included when I was younger, um, they they're they're a little bit more into, well, I want to do I want to pick up heavy shit, right? <laughs> and I want to be able to do these things now and I can do them. So why shouldn't I do them? And again, you should be able to do those things, but let's leave the ego at the door. Let's start with these basics. So you notice how much we go back to the basics, the basics, the basics, but even for myself with being as busy as I've been lately, I'm just working on the basics to maintain and make sure that I'm wiring properly so that I can continue to do the thing I love the most, which is get out on a trail run, even if it's 30 minutes what I can and not worry about whether or not I'm exceeding my capacities. That's right. That's what we all kind of love to do is get out there and put one foot in front of the other, right? Yeah, man. Um, so I hope you like this podcast. Uh, and if you do, share it with all of your friends and family and the whole internet. Just share it. Share it all. Follow us on the Instagrams and the Facebooks, Pendola Project. And check out our whole new Macro Progression 1 on our website, PendolaProject.com. P-E-N-D-O-L-A. We'll see you later, folks. Yeah, man. Yeah, man.